How's picture liking office doing? Liking pictures? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he had a vagina on his forehead Friday. Yeah. He sure did. It was his own fault. He liked some recent pics I saw. Oh, I did not see that. Oh, well, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Do you expect me to say anything? No. Oh, no. When are we going to get live? We need to get a live pianist. Mm-hmm. We have one upstairs. Speaking of live pianists, I hear Livewire is running Joe's again. Is he? Is he? Did he actually book one? Somewhere <coughs> I don't know. Is his best friend going to be there? Probably. Which one? Whoever he books. Are you familiar with Livewire? Mm-mm. Well, if you get contacted to work for Elite Pro Wrestling. Take it. I'm not going to say <coughs> don't go. Take the book. But I am going to say get your money before you go to the ring. Get your money. And then shit in again. Literally? Oh, yeah. Hey, the DNC's coming. They're going to be shitting all outside of Pfizer for all the homeless people. So. Oh, no. They're going to they're gonna have a big fence around that joint. You watch. Hmm. Wall. I thought they don't like fences. Uh, they don't, but no, they're going to have walls. A fence is okay. You can see through that. It's just like every time we go to Washington, D.C., it's just nothing but, like, homeless people and protesters. Hmm. Like... Right outside the camp. Sounds like my bedroom. <laughs> it's like, and it's really awkward when the homeless people protest the protesters. Yeah. Hey, I was sleeping on that park bench. Get out of my front yard. Yeah. Independent wrestling is pretty damn fucking cool. We're sitting down in the spotlight and squirt circle with Rhino. And we're trying to bring more awareness to the independent professional wrestling scene. Undoubtedly thankful for anybody that just decided to tune in and actually liked us enough to keep listening. Hey man, it's like the cops don't like homeless people. <laughs> That's a little bit of Detroit I just brought for you. Thank you, I remember it. Alright, let's do it. Alright, uh, this is dedicated to your guy Bernie Sanders. Here well. we go. On the newspaper page And love and tradition Of the grand design Some people say It's even harder to find Well then there must be Some magic clue Inside this gentle Hey, good evening everybody Are we at 48 yet? I don't know I think this might be 48 Who counts? You count? Well, I think we should count Because we're getting close to 50 Hey everybody It's the Ross Family Matters Podcast a year and a half strong, but yet only at 50. Interesting. Um, or close to 50. <laughs> I am Hotshot Scott Williams. I'm joined by Vic the Stick Ross, Jack Spade, and our very special guest, the Pitbull, Zach McGuire. Zach, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me tonight. Yeah, Thanks me, for having me. Let me give you their proper... There you go. Yeah. Our studio audience. Thank they you. were late on the queue. Didn't late. turn the sign on. No, they're mouth breathers. Anyway, <laughs> um, we got a great show. We're going to talk a little bit about now. If you've never heard, have you heard our show before? Have you listened? I caught parts of it, oh, but boy. haven't caught yeah. the whole show. It's before, okay. So. It's all right. Buck Brooks is in the Ross family. He doesn't listen. Yeah. So how this works is we're going to talk a little bit about you. We're going to ask you a couple of questions. We ask all of our guests. And we're going to pick stuff out of the hat, and we don't know what's going to come out. It could be fun stuff. It could be 
sad. It could make you, uh, it could just rip your heart out and make you want to, like, live, never live again. We don't know. Cool. So, let's talk a little bit about your career. How long, ha how long have you been now in the business, would you say? Approximately six years. Six years. Man, time flies. Is that right? Yeah, is that, doesn't feel that doesn't long. Feel does feel right. So, how did you start? Like, first of all, what made you decide, hey, I want to get into wrestling? Tell you the truth, I watched it ever since I was a kid. Right. Just didn't know how to get into it, and then I kind of stumbled upon an Armani show. Oh. And, and then you talked to Armani, and he's yep. like, "Come to, come, come to camp. Come Look at in. this kid with the hat. Come to camp. <laughs> come to camp. Yep. And that was how that kind of started. And um, <clears throat> I, I kind of got in late. Like I would have probably chose to get in before I had kids. So well, kind of held off. And you're got telling in. me, man. Well, Armani got in at like 38, so. Oh yeah. So, I guess you could. It could always well, be worse, right? He's a fountain of youth. So <laughs> you start training with Armani. Who were some of the guys like initially when you're working at some of these Armani camps that are working there with you? Who were part of the, um, the training? Mike group? Williams. Okay. Yeah, we've had him on our show. Uh, Juan Hernandez. We haven't had him yet. Have not had Juan. Huh? No. Donnell. Haven't had done that yeah, that's, yeah, that's a no. David Triggs. We've had Triggs. Yeah, yeah. David's been on. He almost sunk the show. He didn't sink the show. <laughs> I don't know if he still listens, but Dave, you didn't sink the show, buddy. So, it's ironic. We talk about that crew, and it, now you guys are doing shows, and you're kind of referring to yourself as the Dark Match Mafia. Is that because it, you guys started together, you guys are pretty good friends, or pretty close, and maybe because you also work a lot of dark... Like, how did that whole Dark Match Mafia thing come about? Well, it kind of just came about as... Uh, we always open shows for people. Mm -hmm. So it was like, well, if we're going to open it, we might as well steal the show as well. Yeah. We might as well put a name on this. And everyone kind of seen us beforehand before we even got in the ring most of the time taking tickets getting seats for people sure so naturally we kind of connected with the crowd already as far as them knowing us right yeah that's the interesting part of people who are listening like oh I'll get into wrestling and I'll you know within six months I'll be wrestling A that's not how it works and B you're going to start out taking tickets setting up chairs taking down a ring even shoot even as a six year veteran right oh I yeah mean, right it's not, it's not all that's cracked up. You're just, you just don't just walk in and do your show and walk out. Eventually, some people get to that status. but I mean, know. you really, honestly, as a stay humble as a person anyways. Right. Because nobody's really top tier anymore, I would say. Sure. I mean, everyone's got a chance. There's a lot of places out there to work. So. Let's talk about that a little bit. Where are some of the places that you, you're working locally, and then you know where where do you branch out outside of the state? Uh, outside of the state, we'll start there first. I haven't really gone too far yet. I was planning on taking more outside state trips. Like a this Cato year. trip? Jeez, no. Wow, jeez. What would come in the? No, he was he was hoping to be paid for his work. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And I would like to work more than just one place. Right. Um, you know, it's funny you bring his name up. I do get compared to him a lot. Well, I thought that you guys were close. Yeah, listen, uh, when I first saw you, 
thought you guys might have been related in some way. No, no, just because you guys are both similar in stature. Yeah. You know? And, it, like, the first couple times I saw you, you guys were always, like, Hanging together. Up. We'll so. see. <coughs> I know Cato from high school. Okay. Oh, okay. So, um, as far he, as He was friends, a friendly face, right? Where did he go to high school again? Hamilton. That's what I thought. Hamilton. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought he was a MPS kid. But as far as, like, friend-wise, like, I just knew him. Sure. Right, so, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, it's, it's, it's kind of... Cool. So, <clears throat> out of state, you've, have you done Illinois, Minnesota? Is that the I've extent? done a few shows out in Illinois. Okay. I've done a couple shows in Minnesota and a couple out in Michigan. Right on. Uh, so, the Great Lakes region, just trying to yeah. stick and then locally, I know you were doing stuff for Armani, you do Legacy, where else are you popping uh, up from time to time? Well, I did work for uh, Will Powell's promotion, MEPW, which last show will be at on the 30th. Keep plugs there. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Oh, yeah. No, no, it's good. We're going to get to that. So, But uh worked for MEPW there. Uh, also worked for MIAW, which is Armani's. Right, right. I have worked for BCW a few times. Mm-hmm. Mm, ICW, I've oh, been yeah. there yeah. for pretty much my whole career. Yeah, yeah, you've done a lot of work for Kurt. Yeah, excellent. So, any other questions for for Zach? Yeah, I want to know. Uh, we've interviewed everybody except one and Donnell from the Dark Match Mafia. I've asked how the name came about. Who smells best? I want to know who decided that you would all use the song Colors yeah, and how I would hear it six times a night at a Legacy show. Um, well, the song was actually chosen by all of us because... Well, you had a team meeting? Well, we were all just kind of standing there and we kind of looked at each other and, you know, honestly, we're like a different shade, every one of us. That's so... And Triggs said Makayam. Yeah, I guess you kind of are. Yeah, and he, so. Triggs said Makayam and blessed off on it. Well, frankly, <laughs> we need to hear it less because we can only make that Robert Duvall joke yeah. so many times a night. <laughs> yeah, every time that song comes on, mysteriously, I can't catch my breath. So, what was your favorite match so far in your young career? If you had, if you could pick one, put it in a time capsule, put it on a best of that's some a compilation DVD. What would it be? What's the one match you're putting on? Um. Well, I had the honor of uh, wrestling uh, Hall of Famer, Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton. All right. Nice. So, as far as top of my career right now, he's I would put him on a tape because that match was the easiest thing I've ever worked, and I thought it was a great match. You know, it's funny because I saw him wrestle about a year before you wrestled him, and he he could still work. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. it's not like a lot of 55, 60-year-old like guys. He can still go. Oh, yeah. He's like that VHS player you got in the back of your closet. It's old and it's clunky, but it still can get the job done. Yeah, he certainly does get the job done. What about worst? Like, is there a match that was your worst match? Now, I'll preface this. You don't have to shit on anybody. It could be a great wrestler and and your match just didn't click. Because we've all had that. Guys that we respect, guys that we know can work. But you get in a ring with them, and it's just like, eh, this one didn't really go as well. Sometimes it's because of the crowd or the building or the weather or 
But is there a match that stands out where you're like, oh, man, I don't ever want to see that match again? Um, yeah, actually, uh, there was a match I did, uh, like, 4th of July. But it ended up getting rained out anyways. So we didn't even get to finish it. It was just it's poorly put together. So you started we'll it. And like, it you quit yeah. the match halfway through. Like, we were in the <coughs> process of starting the match and, like... Thunder, lightning, and then... Who are you working? Uh, I'd rather not say. Okay. Huh? Give me... I'll tell you what, Tully Blanchard! <laughs> I'm real... Oh. Do I... Do I... Do I is that moisture? <laughs> well, I hate your guts! <laughs> but I won't put my health at risk! Out here in this weather! <laughs> Alright, so... Now we get to the part of the show, and this is where you can talk about what you have coming up. And we're pretty current, so I would say... Anything you have coming up for sure in April we could talk about. Name of this segment, what you been got going on. Zach McGuire, what do you got going on in, in the month of April? End of March, early April. Enough end with the keyboard. End of March uh, 30th, I will be out in MUPW. Yep, the tribute to, to Will, right? Tribute to Will. Um, 31st, I will be back in Milwaukee for ICW. All right. Fans bring the weapons match. Nice. So. That would be interesting. Who are you facing in that? Um, he's an out-of-towner. Uh, okay. I really can't remember his name offhand. I did look him up. But you hate his guts and you intend to beat the shit out of him with plunder. Hey, the fans are going to give me what they want oh, that's for me to beat him with. So. There's a legacy show in April too, right? 20... Yeah, the 19th, 19th or 20th? 19th. Yes, either the 19th or the 20th. I think it's the 20th because he asked if, we, if, if Saturday's a problem. And it wasn't for us, so... Twenty. Then Armani's got a show also in, in April. So yeah, they're like back to back. There's like also a FTW uh, on the thirteenth at the old Rubicon Ranch. Yes. <coughs> nice. So I am excited that wrestling's back in that building. Yeah. We used to yeah. do a lot of a lot of cool stuff in that building. Well. Stop. But we did we did a lot of shit in that building too. I'm excited. But we did some cool stuff. I'm actually excited to be at the Will Tribute Show because. Uh, it's fair to bank on some good things that are going to be there. So, what do you, ah! got, what do you got going on, Jack Spade? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, let's see. The end of March, I have uh, RCCW yeah. again. Yeah. Yes. Got the dive where I'm going to say fuck. Oh, nice. Because it's an adults-only show. And perhaps more groping backstage. I didn't do that. I know you didn't. I didn't <coughs> accuse right. you of that. And then I mean, on the oak gray. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the Armani show yeah. in April. Then uh, Legacy yeah, show in yeah. April. And then there's RCCW in April as well. Nice. So. Well, I've got many of the similar shows. I'll be at the the uh, MEPW show. I got BCW. This will probably air by the time this hit, but the twenty second of uh, of March. But then the thirtieth. The Will Show, and then I've got MIAW, I've got uh, um, Legacy, but the show I'm really amped about, I mean, they're all great, but on the 27th for ACW, man, Mick Foley, Shane Douglas is wrestling, <laughs> Mark Henry will be there, J uh, John Morrison, Johnny Impact, whatever you want to call him, he'll be on Many the card, names. he'll be taking on uh, Logan Lynch for the title, um... And, How quickly uh, do you think that place will be out of business now that Shane Douglas is working? Francine will be there. 
the Queen of Extreme. Yeah. Nice. Uh, big cast as well. Hey, uh, well. That's in Oshkosh? It is. What year is it in Oshkosh? Uh, 1973. Gotcha. <laughs> just check it. Come on now. You know people are going to pack the house just no, to meet. No, for Foley, Foley, yeah. And I mean, I'm sure there's an audience for Shane Douglas. I'm not it. But. I'm, I'm actually excited about uh, Morrison, John Morrison. Yeah, he, he's a hell of a hand. Well, I've seen him at uh, Mondo Lucha a few years back. Sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. What about you? What you been got going? Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't ask me any dates because I don't fucking know. I've got uh, River City at the end of March. Yeah. Um, we already talked about MIAW Legacy. Uh, I will not be at the Frozen Tundra show, but I hope they pack that house because I love the ranch. I'm I'm uncommitted yet. I don't know if I'll be. There. I will not be at the MEPW show, but I hope they pack it. What about you? Pack Come to MEPW? I wasn't planning on it. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> twice in April, we're back for River City, uh, the 13th and 14th. Those are the actual two dates. I do. Oh, 12th and 13th. 12th yeah. and 13th. Oh, yeah, there's two shows in April. Yes. <coughs> Is one um, of them Butterfest? I hope so. No, it's Butterface Fest. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Still good. Joe Pulmachek will be there. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's what I got going on. So, Jesse, apparently we have to make a promo for our podcast, but I'm not exactly sure what we're supposed to say. Oh, come on, Nick. We just got to talk about Grapple Talk, where we talk about wrestling. It doesn't matter if it's the national stuff or the local stuff. That's true. I mean, regardless if it's WWE or our local talent, we cover it all. Oh, we also got to plug the social media. That's right. Facebook.com slash The Grapple Talk, and you can follow us on Twitter at The Grapple Talk. Man, that was a really good promo. That was. High five. Hi, yeah. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Chris Lockman, host of the Smart Money Wrestling Podcast. Join me and my co-host, AJ Jensen, each week as we discuss all things professional wrestling. WWE, NXT, Ring of Honor, Luch Underground, New Japan, as well as the local indie scene here in Wisconsin. We'll also bring you interviews with some of the Midwest up-and-coming independent stars and where you can see them in your area. You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes, as well as on Twitter, at Smart Money. Check us out. Hey, everybody, this is RGG from the Regular Guy Gaming Podcast on the Grapple Talk Network. I think it's safe to say if you like wrestling, you also like games. So join me and my co-host, Ragbag, as we talk about old games, new games, games we love, games we hate, special guests, interviews, and, of course, Ragbag's love for Luigi Mansion. That is all on Regular Guy gaming check us out okay before we delve into the hat um we ask all of our first time guests this question once you've been on the second time you'll never you won't have to get asked this again unless you've changed your mind but we like to ask you even though i know that you're a straight man and if you weren't there'd be nothing wrong with that but we gotta ask you who you gave for zach mcguire well um, now you want to tell yeah, them? Who yeah, for sure. So, what we mean by that Vic's is... Vic's a married man, just so you know. We're all married men, but we were seeing... We're, the way we're saying it is, from your perspective, say there was a magazine here, right? Like a regular, like a like a Us magazine People or something. Magazine. And you saw a good-looking dude on the cover, and you'd be like, oh, I can, I can see why women dig that guy. So mine, Matthew McConaughey. And the reason we ask our guests this is because somebody made us answer this because right. they put it in a hat right. for us. And I picked Justin Timberlake. I don't know why we keep defending it like people that have people they're gay for. Listen, man, I would take this Sharpie marker right here, okay? All right? This guy. 
I would tie down Ryan Reynolds with a velvet scarf to a bed. This on gets a bed post. Yeah, every time. Yeah. I would literally pull, put arrows in Sharpie on the parts of Ryan Reynolds' body I would lick. And then I would systematically go one by one and lick those parts. At this point, you know who you're not gay for? Who was wow. that? Your wife. <laughs> <laughs> this, yeah. So you don't have to get that um, that that explicit. You just I, <laughs> I ain't gonna get all far into that. Yeah, right, I don't blame right. you. But hell, if I if I had to hang out with someone and be there with the person, yeah. <laughs> significant other, yeah, I they gotta make me laugh like hell. So it'd have to be Adam Sandler. Oh yeah, oh, okay, yeah, all right. Hey, little Jew. That's a new one. For <laughs> us. Yeah. That's a new yeah. one for us. Yeah. Uh, we've had The Rock a few times. Oh, yeah, The Rock yeah. comes up a lot. Um, yeah. McConaughey's been picked once or twice. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds has been picked a couple Brian times. Brian Dennehy. Nobody else picked him. <laughs> you picked Brian oh, Dennehy. Yeah. The star is you in your life biopic. Movie. Yeah, yeah. You familiar with Brian Dennehy? Uh-uh. You ever oh, yeah. see the movie Tommy Boy? Yes. He's Tommy Boy's dad. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's He's going to play me in my movie. He's It'll big Tom me. Callahan. Oh, yeah. So, okay, well, you're our guest, so you get to pick first. And, again, we don't know what's going to come out of there. These are people suggesting stuff on our Facebook page yeah. or when they see us at live shows. They stick together. Uh, don't look in directly because you'll see the stuff. Not that you'll uh, be able to read it anyway. Yeah, and you also can't read my handwriting. Yes. No, no. The, this has nothing to do with it's your intelligence and yeah. everything to do with it's, his penmanship. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, well, go ahead. Fantastic hat. <clears throat> it's good. Yeah, see? See, it's hard to read. Uh-huh. Yeah, they stick. I'm going to have to say that it's County Stadium. So it's County Stadium. Okay. I've only been to County Stadium once in my whole life. Well, you've been cheated in and my the, life. And the only thing I remember about County Stadium is how sticky the goddamn ground was. Okay, okay, okay. so let me tell you about this shithole that was County Stadium. Um... I went to my first game there in probably 77, 78. It was already 20-some years old at the time. Um, but as the years, the years were not kind to County Stadium. As they got closer to 2001 when Miller Park opened, there were rats, there were stenches, there were odors, there were pipes that would break. Um, I remember one opening day when it was like 30 degrees at first pitch and then a pipe broke over some section and they were getting sprayed with water and freezing cold weather. The place was a goddamn dive. However, some great memories there. The eighty, the, basically from '78 to '83, those teams were really good. Yep. Um, and that was a lot of fun. I remember the mezzanine with, that had the metal oh, roof yeah. on it. Yeah. We sat in some of the, the seats, some of those sometimes. Um, I had great memories of the place, but man, I am not sentimental about it being torn down. Like it needed to go. Yeah. The best thing about. County Stadium is how much it makes me appreciate Miller Park right now. Uh Um, As a seven-year-old kid, I got to see the Brewers clinch their ticket to the World Series in 82. In 88, I got to see Russell Fest. I was there for that. So, I mean, I do have some really good memories. That was the weasel suit. Uh, Weasel suit and Hogan and Andre in the cage in the main. Uh Heenan came out and took a bunch of bumps around for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Had an underrated... uh, Bulldogs demolition match on that show. Right. So, yeah. County Stadium, uh, good memories, but shit park. Mm-hmm. Like, just run down. They didn't maintain it. Who owned that? The county. Oh. Yeah. 
It's right in the name, champ. County. Yeah. What about you? Have you ever go to County City? You're, how like, I, are you how old, old are you? For that? Like, are you old enough to? I, I'm 35. Okay. So, so you, you, yeah. I, I've been there. Um, it was a dump, right? The, it was a dump. Yeah. I mean, the best best part about it was uh, tailgating, the parking lot. I yep. mean, and back then, jeez, you could tailgate. It was a free for all. They didn't give a it shit. Was, it was tailgating. Not like what you got going on now. Well, I don't know. There's still some pretty wild shit going <laughs> on in the parking lot. Were you banging in the parking lot? Well, I, well, hey, I did hey. that in high school. Um, you were stupid? Everything wasn't on the internet, we'll say. So I know. will say this, though, about that shithole uh, that was County Stadium. Uh, was um, I remember the, the configuration, the bathrooms, the way they were configured. And I remember um, the really terrible scoreboard. It wasn't in color. Mm-hmm. It was like mm-hmm. orange light, so it was black and orange. You know what my favorite thing that they would play during the game was? The two-fisted slopper. Yeah. yeah. The two-fisted slopper. Trying to tell people to drink responsibly. Well, that's not... That doesn't sound like a drinking thing at all. <laughs> no. Well, no. Hey. But it was a cartoon of a fat guy carrying two beers and spilling them all over people. And two-fisted and the Fisky sisters. Yes. All right. But, uh... Did you guys ever go to any, to any of the Packer games that they played yes, there? Yes, my mom had... Yeah, a handful, actually. My mom had season tickets, and then when they took the games out of County Stadium, because she would go to the first game of the year, and me and my brother would go to the later ones. Right? Okay. Played three games. When they switched over to Green Bay, my mom didn't renew the tickets because she, she didn't think we'd drive to Green Bay to go to the games. So that's actually another good memory I have. I saw the uh, last Packers game against Atlanta. Against Atlanta, and still have the entire ticket because they didn't rip tickets; they just put red marker on the back. Right. Yep. Yeah. I remember an Eagles game there that was kind of fun. Uh, I've seen them against the Lions, um, and Cruising I know I s- down the field. I know I, I saw a. Uh, he did not. A preseason game against Miami where it was just deathly hot and we were in the real high section, and I couldn't take it. I left after, like, the second quarter. The ridiculous part about that stadium is the way it was configured. <coughs> Both teams had to share a sideline, okay? And the one of the end zones towards the back of the end zone cut on an angle, so it was, like, 10 yards deep, 10 yards deep, 10 yards deep, 9, because oh. the wall showed up. So. Yeah. If you were catching in that corner, you were probably running face first into a wall because it didn't fit the whole field. Nice. Mm. Cool. All, All right. right, Hatsky. Oh, by the way, I invented the one sideline. Oh, God. I believe you. Yeah, I bet. All right, here's a... Here's a get you some heat question. Oh, oh shit. <coughs> Best tape seller, DJ Bob, Dustin the DVD guy, or Al Jackson? Okay, it's a, there's two <coughs> answers to this. Dustin the DVD guy, as far as actual tapes go, he does a good job selling his goods. He's got a lot of he's got a great selection. Al Jackson sells a lot of tapes that he's on. He doesn't physically sell them, but people buy them because he was such an amazing athlete. So it's kind of a trick question. I guess I have to ask, why is DJ Bob on the list? Is well, he? I mean, I know he's got the toys. Has he added movies? He's always, he's always had. When I when I think of Bob, I don't think anything about selling DVDs ever. 
No? No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's still doing Other merch, but not... Yeah, he used to do a lot more. DVDs as yeah. much. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Dustin. I, I buy things from Dustin. And you could buy a I house probably in his sh- neighborhood for ten grand. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you're going to need another thirty to get that house yeah. up to code. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I probably shouldn't buy stuff from Dustin, and not because it's Dustin or because the stuff is inferior quality. Because the fucking network exists, and the rest of it's on YouTube. Yeah. But I still buy it. It's nice to binge, right? It is. And I still want you to find the turn the power on. I know. Thunder. I know. That's not on the network. (laughs) I mean, in terms of athletic ability, though, we're going with Al Jackson, right? Yes. Sure. Right? Although I did watch DJ Bob walk the the rafters in Oak Creek without any sort of safety harness. I watched that, too. That's impressive. Like a spider monkey. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's what Veruca Salt sang about once a spider monkey. That- Great. <laughs> Remember Veruca Salt? Sadly, I do. <laughs> Why are you shitting on Veruca Salt? Who's the better tape seller? Would you say Dustin? I'd have to go with yeah. Dustin. Okay. No heat. Yeah, why heatless? Think be heat? Why is that a heat getter? Oh, I don't know. Oh, this one is, however... Biggest shit in this business. What? Is that That's what not what it says. Is that what that says? God. Biggest missed opportunity for a storyline. Um, or maybe for an advanced storyline or for a good storyline. Somewhere where they missed the boat on something. It happens all the time. I mean, the biggest one to me will still be, and I know it's you know beating a dead horse, the way they botched the invasion in WWE after they purchased WCW. Because the egos of Vince McMahon couldn't let WCW get up a little bit, right? So right. It, so he had to just bury it the best he can. And then when he wanted to give them a little bit of credibility, he put Austin in charge of it. Which is silly because he got fired via FedEx. FedEx. And he wasn't, would never have associated himself with the invasion. But anyway, I digress. What about you? Anything that comes to mind? Like, right off the top of my head, no. I mean, I'm sure there's been things I've absolutely yelled at the TV about. Thank you for that. Well, how but, about like how about an angle maybe you could think of where they were going somewhere, maybe a guy got fired or a guy got hurt, or a guy Buddy Landell'd himself out of something. <laughs> um, come back to me. Okay. I'm, I'm struggling right now. <clears throat> I think... Nope, come back to me. I got it. All right. All right. It was when Jesus Sting got kicked out of the Horseman. Oh, yeah. And then he blew his he knee blew up his that knee night. Up. Yep. And we had to wait six months to a year for him to come back and actually be able to do the feud. And it honestly, it felt kind of flat. Yeah. And I think the best spot he had in that feud was when he was in Luger's corner with the crutches. And smacking him. And he was smacking him. Like, come on, get up! And Luger did kind of a couple-month face turn because of it. I remember he cost himself that match against Flair, yeah. saving Sting Came out on the floor. Sting, yeah. I uh, redeem myself. I think I was going to go in the same route. I think the biggest missed opportunity that I could think of off the top of my head was they waited forever and a day to do any sort of big horseman breakup. Where I would have liked to see what they could have done if Arn Anderson would have left. Instead of like ninety three, ninety four, or whatever, when, when they had their came back feud, yeah, yeah, I'd like mm-hmm. to see how that looks in the eighties when they're still a little bit younger and both them in their prime. 
I mean, Zach, I want to hear your opinion, but I think the biggest missed storyline was that they didn't bring Wendell Cooley in earlier to WCW. Um, I think, you know, they did what they could with him at the end of his career, but that Matt Studd's table was something else. He is shit. Zach, storyline that you think got missed. Uh, I'm going to have to say uh, Bret Hart. And you could kind of go either way. WCW's misuse with him. Sure. Because they just signed him because he had a name. Right. Didn't know what to do with him. Or even how WWE handled the... Even if he wanted to leave, they could have handled it differently. I do agree. Like, I, I understand there's two sides to that coin. I understand people saying, bullshit, he's the worker, he shouldn't dictate his terms. But on the other hand, if he was promising to drop it the next night, why wouldn't you let him? Because you can't take him at his word. Well, when had he lied to them before? <coughs> I can't tell you that he didn't lie to them or he did lie to them. Uh-huh. But that's your title. That's the thing everybody knows. Like, even Say it's you and you stop watching wrestling for two years. You're still going to have enough general knowledge around from hearing guys who the champ is, right? Right. You're going to know. What are you doing right now? Now, we're not talking about him. We're talking about important shit. You turn that trash off. Oh, that's good stuff. Um, let me ask you a question. Why is it fair? Why would you honor Bret Hart's request not to lose the title in an entire country? Like, if he had said, hey, I don't want to lose the title in Calgary, I would have been like, you know what, dude? You're right. We'll see you in Edmonton on Tuesday. But Canada? Okay. But two, I'll give you two answers to that. One, because they built that Canada versus USA storyline. Right. And two, later on, now it wasn't a whole country, but later on, guys like Austin, guys like The Rock, and guys like Triple H were able to call their shots and pick when they were going to lose the title. So we say that that's something that shouldn't happen. Now, I know the difference was Brett was on his way out of the company and those other guys weren't. Yes. Right? So I guess that's, that's a fair argument. But still, it wouldn't have been the first or the last time that somebody dictated their terms. I'm going to agree with that. But I'm also going to say that Bret Hart never drew the kind of money that Steve Austin and The Rock did. Right. Because Bret Hart uh, was working before Shivani told everybody not to watch to, yes. to watch uh, Raw because Mick yes. Foley was going to win it's, it's not even really a moot point. Like... The, they didn't screw him to get the belt back. Let's <coughs> let's just point that out. You really want the belt back? Let him do whatever the hell he wants. Send Undertaker and six guys into the locker room after the match and say, "Hey, give us the belt before you leave." Right? Sure. Mm. They they screwed him because he didn't want to lose, and they didn't want him to leave strong. Right? And that's it. They just didn't want him to go anywhere with any sort of momentum. They didn't. Okay. You can still send six guys in the locker room and take the belt, or, or let's say he comes to the back and he's like, "Hey, thanks for all the good years. Here's your belt." But now you have to go on TV and I'll just say your champion left. Yeah, we don't have a champion anymore because we can't afford him because he went down south. But mm-hmm. hey, here's here's twelve pieces of shit who couldn't beat him in a tournament. All right, enjoy our but show. Now here's the thing: we're inferior. You could say you could be mad about the fact if you're the company that he's leaving. They they actually. After he signed a big deal, said they wanted to let him out because, quite frankly, they were losing money in general and didn't want to pay him. So he didn't ask to leave. He was told that you could explore other options. So, eh, 
you know, it's different than somebody who's just like, I'm, I'm unhappy here, I want to go. They also could have pulled the belt off of him the minute that they knew he, he was Yes. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yes. And they waited, and that was their fault. Right. And they could have done anything else. They could have put it... Look at all the guys they had on the roster they could have put in that Survivor Series main event. Uh, Isaac Yankum. Isaac Yankum would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> Big fat piece of shit Vader at the time. Uh, Henry yeah. Godwin. Oh, yeah. Yes. Hog. <laughs> Henry O. Godwin. And Pig. Hog and Pig. Yeah. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Not Quite Gonna Make It to 50 podcast because this fucking thing is the shits. Uh, what? What's wrong with... I think we're having great conversations about storylines. Oh, you guys are ganging up on me. Zach is not. You're right. You're right. My, my apologies to Zach. But over here we got fucking. He brings up Wendell Cooley. You bring out the fucking tune. <laughs> okay. He brings up. Oh, Isaac Jacob, and you're like, oh yeah. What about this hunk of shit? What about Big Fat Vader? Yeah, there it is. Yeah. What about the goon? Yeah. What about the goon? Wild Bill Irwin was an accomplished wrestler. He could work. In fact, he told Flying Brian to fly on out of here. He did. <laughs> Tell him I'm flying just to get out. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Best wrestling event you've ever been to. Okay. Um, I've, I've been to every pay-per-view that's been in Milwaukee. Um, I think my favorite event, and I've been to probably a dozen AWA house shows, right? But I think my favorite event was uh, Super Clash 2. That was a fun event. Um, I was at that. And it was the first time I witnessed in person the fourth wall get broken down, although they didn't show it on the pay-per-view, where Sting and Luger embraced after the main event because Luger was leaving to go to the WWE. Um, but that was a, I thought that was a, gr- a really good show. You know, so you're 100% right. It had a great opener with Flying Brian and Jushin Liger. Yeah. Main event was decent. Yeah. Uh, but you know what was not good? The, the junkyard dog yes. coming out of the crowd yeah. in a tuxedo top and blue jeans because apparently the pants didn't fit. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. That was pretty bad. Um, some other paper. I I was there for the 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 first Austin three sixteen at uh, King of the Ring, um, and me and Brian and and uh, Dean uh, had. Called Vince McMahon over him when he got to the railing. We gave him the four horsemen sign. Yeah, I'm sure he, he gave loved us that. a dirty look and walked away. Goddamn, pal! Uh, <laughs> walk all the way over here for that shit. Um, but that was a great show, a great paper, historic, obviously for the the crowning of Steve Austin as King of the Ring. Um, I was at that as well. And then I remember a, a pay per view, and you, and this is where my memory gets sketchy. Wahoo McDaniel and Jerry Lawler cage man. No. No? No. No. <laughs> Wahoo McDaniel and Larry Zabisco in a cage match because Jerry Lawler no-showed, oh, and they announced they were taking the belt off him that yeah, night because that's, that's right. the only yeah. AWA TV taping I ever went to. See, my mind yeah. does get foggy. It's, look at I'm losing oxygen. Look at my fingers. But, um, but yeah, that was in a cage, um, and that was kind of poorly attended. It sure was. Yeah. To the point they were like, hey, uh, we're taping this for TV, so why don't you guys all just move down over here? Yeah. Don't worry about it. Nobody else is coming. Just just come on down. Now, I didn't get there. I did make it for WWF TV taping, which is five hours long, but I never made it for either of the main events. 
the one where Hogan and Savage split up, and the one where Hogan and Sid split up. Uh, those I didn't go to, but I did see them on TV. I got front row tickets. The only time I ever sat front row was for that main event where Savage turned on Hogan. And it was because it was the first televised uh, gimmick for WWF at the Bradley Center. Right. And they had put cameras in two of our seats. We had a group of like eight people. So my dad gave me and my buddy Paul the two front row seats. We were in the corner. And you can't see us because we're sitting there when the big bump takes place. Right. But when the WWF magazine came out, you could see me in the front row there with my Iron Maiden t-shirt on. Nice. And a sandwich. Loose me. No sandwich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was... No uh, sandwich. Those are both historic <laughs> events, and, and I wasn't at those. Um, I did... I, I did go to the WCW two pay-per-views there. They, they were not very bad. Blood was one of them, I think. They weren't memorable. That was the late. But but the Nitro I went to was cool where somebody in our group, not me, threw a golf ball at Kevin Nash. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to... Uh, somebody yelled four? Uh, no, I think they yelled five. So <laughs> I guess what would your favorite of all that be then? So I'm going to go off the cards. I'm going to go off the reservation, and I'm going to mention one that was already mentioned just because of the setting, and I'm going to say WrestleFest. Outside, County Stadium. Yep. I had really good seats. I was on the field, right? Um, so what would have been ringside, right? Um, it was it was just cool, and it was, the weather was nice, and it was just, just to be outside. It was my first outdoor wrestling show witnessing as a fan. I was 16 years old. So I... Say that would have been okay. What about you? You ain't been to too many, I know. No, no, I mean, you're gonna say the last legacy show, aren't you? <laughs> no, I mean, I went to some of the Ring of Honor shows down in Chicago Those back in the days when they had Brian Danielson, and one of the main events was Joe and CM Punk in one of their matches. Were you at the one, one of my favorite matches of all time? It was Austin Aries against uh, uh the, the guy from Japan. Kobashi? Kobashi. No, I didn't go to oh, that. Oh, it was great. I didn't go to that one. Before, I like. Um, I went Kobashi. down there with Armani, and then he ditched me to go backstage, and I was just sitting in my seat. For but uh, the yeah. probably the best match I've seen at a live event was uh, that I can really think of was the AJ Styles and Kyle O'Reilly match that they had at the Ring of Honor show that was at sure. Turner Hall. Sure. That so, was a really good match. <coughs> I know some of the NXT shows were fun. Uh, the other one that, that I remember was a pay-per-view where uh, the the uh, Freebirds took on the uh, Southerners, the young... Wild-Eyed Southern Boys. Yeah. Mm. And the, the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys were baby faces and the Freebirds were heels. But then outside in the back where the wrestlers were getting in their cars, the Freebirds were high-fiving everybody, and, and Armstrong and Smothers were telling the fans to fuck off. So, <laughs> like, all right, it's way to keep kayfabe. So... Um, that was kind of memorable just for that reason. What about you, Zach? Uh, I was at the King of the Ring. I haven't been to too many shows, actually. Uh, a couple Raws. I went out to Green Bay. Would yeah. you say the, the first Raw at Pfizer was your most memorable moment? Uh, I don't... Oh, it's okay if you don't no. remember it. It's widely, uh, widely thought of to be the worst Raw in the history of Raws. So. Okay. Which one? The one that was at Pfizer. I have no idea. What what was the main event on that one? Yeah. Basically, it looked like a mini NWO because Corbin Lashley and, and, and McIntyre came out three different times to squash somebody ah. and leave ah. them laying. 
And the buildup everybody thought because he appeared on a house show the night before was Bray Wyatt was supposed to come back. That was the buzz. So as they're beating up Finn Balor at the end, it's three on one. Everybody's waiting for somebody to come out. Nobody comes out. It goes off the air with them standing tall over. Mm. But it was, by and large, just... And they didn't come back out to put the babies over after? Nope. Nothing. That's real. They didn't didn't have a dark main event? They did. It was a ten-woman tag. Come on. I wish I was kidding. I would have to say my favorite one, um, it was a house show. And it's just from a nostalgia standpoint because it was my first ever live event. AWA? WWF. Okay. Uh, Main event was Hogan and DiBiase. Okay. Um, Also had a barn burner between uh, Billy Jack Haynes and Ken Patera against Demolition. Oh, and by a barn burner, I mean I wish all four were trapped inside and somebody set it on fire because it was bad. I bet. Um, when you're 12 and you know some piece of shits. Sure. Yeah. But, yeah, that was my first time ever getting to go. And But what about Axe Pain and Smash Destruction? Yeah. I know. You're real proud that you figured out, their, figured middle out their middle names. So when you were at the... Um, you said you were at the... Uh, uh, the main event when Hogan and Savage split. Were you Correct. at the one where Hogan and Sid? No. Because the other thing I was remember about that one, it was Undertaker's face turn. Oh, where he yanked the chair away yanked from Jake? The chair away yeah, from I was Jake. definitely not at Because Jake was going to let let Savage and Elizabeth have it when they came to the curtain, and Undertaker yanked the chair away, and that was Undertaker's face. I remember it from TV, but I wasn't, I wasn't at it. Um, and then here's a, here's a little tidbit for you. Super Brawl 2. The, uh, that was the first time I ever found out who Frank DeFalco was. Really? Yeah, because he was sitting two rows behind me telling everybody that would listen that Lex Luger was leaving and Sting was winning the main event. Well, he was right. He, he certainly was. <laughs> yeah. Like, it wasn't a secret to me at that point that wrestling was a work. It was 1992, but you know, maybe, maybe just let me enjoy the main. I don't know. 92, I would have thought wrestling was a work. I would have been seven. Yeah, right. You should have at that point. I'm just saying. It wasn't a secret. Get up in there. Did you pick one? Yeah, that was the the best wrestling event. Oh. Yeah, we're back around. Flying through the head. We hit for the cycle. Yeah. There you go. What kind of chicken scratch? That's just writing, man. It says Nick Phoenix. That's how he spells it. Okay, Nick Phoenix. Um, yeah, that do you, did you ever it. work with Nick Phoenix? Uh, he was like Blade. Yeah, his gimmick was kind of like Blade. No, okay. I can't, can't say I have. I like Nick. He was a good dude. Um, Nick is a good dude. Yeah. But I have some issues. <laughs> You're bringing out swords to the ring, Nick. You gonna use these swords? Nah. No. All right, you're going to blow fire, Nick. Yeah. You ever going to blow fire at anybody? Just myself. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing I didn't like is I don't like the Dorothy <coughs> kick. Yeah, the Dorothy kick, I don't like either. Which is, what do they call it, the agony of defeat? The, the, the arm ringer into the oh, foot Oh, with the, on the foot chin. on it and yeah, then yeah. you fall back? I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, you also like the knee DT. Yeah. I do. And the star. Eat defeat. DDS gave a knee DT yeah, at the... eat defeat. Eat defeat. I don't mind the move. I don't like it as a finish. Like if it's set up something? It's set up or like cut if you, off. 
Like if you hit the guy with the eat defeat and he stayed stumbled and you got yes. up and hit him with like yeah. a running knee yes. or something? Yeah, I could be okay with that. I don't like that it was being used as a finish. That's fair. All it was was just a, basically a kick. It's like a chin break. Yeah, right, right. And they aren't using chin breakers as finishes. Say it's a good cutoff something. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, I'm not a big fan of it just because you take the bump before your opponent does. True. And technically... His weight's coming down on your foot, so you should feel some of the impact. Right. Yeah. yeah. My favorite Nick Phoenix memory is the time he blew fire in his own face at Zarco's. He, uh... You gotta set this story. You gotta set this scene of what not, this was. Not to be confused with, with P.W. Beautiful coming out twice to throw fire at Redneck Rick, right? Different show. Remember but that? I just do. Zarco's yeah. in general. Just set, set the feeling for right. how this show is. So this show is deep in the hood. It's on Titonia. And it's outdoors as part of a block party festival. Okay? Now, two days before the show, a bouncer for the very bar we're performing at (coughs) was killed in the parking lot. (laughs) Where we're wrestling. (laughs) Yes. Like, a woman just walked up and shot him right in the face. Um, Not good. So, like, there's somebody selling food over here, and then there's, like, a gang of little kids who are throwing rocks at anybody that comes out. One kid stepping on a flag. Oh, uh, <laughs> the was... food was probably good, though. No, there was somebody stepping on a flag. Different year. Oh, okay. But I'm right, right? Yes. Also, it's outdoors, and it's 95 degrees. Yes. There's no cover on the ring or where anything oh, whatsoever. And it was a dark apron. And uh, Digger put himself over. That was after. But we're standing in the bar, which has air conditioning. And we can see out through the bay window, the ring. Through the heat waves. And <laughs> Through the heat waves. And Nick gets up on the, on the turnbuckle, and he's got his little gimmick, and he puts the liquid in his mouth, and he blows and nothing happens, so he has to fucking reload and... He blows, and the big fireball goes out, and then the wind changes, and it comes right back and hits him Ooh. in the face. And then he bumped it and sold it, and we ran out with he, the house. You know what? If he had, <laughs> I would have been happy. But <laughs> it was one of those things where as soon as it came back at him, it just went. You know, it was gone. Mm. And he didn't put it over. He should have put it over like Ronnie Garvin. I laughed like there was no tomorrow. Have you ever seen, and we can just take this in a different direction... Have you ever been on a show with somebody who had a gimmick that was so ridiculous that you didn't understand how it, like, nobody told that person that they need to stop it? Yeah. Yeah? yeah? Actually, actually, Are you yeah. laughing because it's Jack Blackwell's birthday? Is that yeah. what's happening right now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to say that. I think my I, new I gimmick's just, ridiculous. Just... I play kind of like a hipster, right? Yeah. And uh, I talk about how I can help heal you with some of my special products, and my name's C.B. Doyle. You already are kind of a hipster with the way you came up with things before everybody else. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so if somebody steals C.B. Doyle, I want some residuals. Huh? All right. Would you pay for C.B. Doyle? Maybe. I mean, he would. It's <laughs> just not... <laughs> if anybody in this room is paying for <coughs> C.B. Doyle... Which current wrestler should turn face? Uh, Jack Spade. 
It's already happening in lacrosse. Yeah, I know. Um, like, so how are we, are we answering this guy on the major... I, I literally read that as it's worded. Um, there are no parameters. Okay. Um, Set your own parameters. Let me think of somebody who hasn't been a face in quite some time, and that might help me answer Here, the question. Here, I think the big show should turn face and then turn heel in two weeks, and then turn face three weeks after that. So I know what you're heel. doing right now, and I don't hate it, but didn't the big show retire? I don't know. Mm. On the indie circuits, I'd want it to be T.C. Washington. You want to see T.C. as a face? Yeah. Why? Why not? What would he do? BTC. Uh, he'd do the exact same yeah. bit, but instead of running down the crowd, he would run down his opponent. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Boy, I mean, who do I desire to see from the WWE to be a face that isn't? I. I don't. I mean. No, I don't really care if Samoa Joe's a face or heel. Like, I mean, he's fine. He's better as a heel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to see him as a face. Um, I'm just kind of going through long guys who've been heels for a long time. Chris Black and I were just having a uh, disagreement on Friday about whether the whole face and heel thing on the uh, on the like the main shows, like your Ring of Honors, your WWE, your Impact whether that's an antiquated idea or not. And I say it is not because just look at any movie you go to. If the movie's any good, you have a good antagonist and you have a good protagonist. I know the WWE doesn't think it's antiquated because otherwise they wouldn't make such a big deal about, like this week I happened to watch Raw. I don't know why. And Drew McIntyre kicked the, the living shit out of Dean Ambrose. Because okay. he was the face now because he's reunited. Yeah. And they made a big deal about how terrible it was. If you didn't care, like if it was antiquated, you wouldn't put it over as it being bad. You'd just be like, oh, how vicious, right? Like they're still selling it as the heel doing something wrong. So it's not antiquated. And I guess Chris's argument is like it shouldn't be clearly defined, like say that Zach McGuire is a heel. Uh, he just doesn't want like it to be obvious that they're telling you you should cheer for Zach McGuire. Or you shouldn't cheer for Zach McGuire. Yeah, but they still do that. But I think it depends yeah. on your presentation. Like Bailey, the, is it because I think Bailey's a heel the way they present her. They I, may I, poor. Couldn't, I couldn't tell you. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to like <clears throat> just for an example of something on the WWE that people may have watched, where you had the Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah. Right. As I said, something people would have watched. <laughs> well, all right. Sorry. It but, was good. But how was it presented? Was how did they present every <coughs> work? Like a big fight feel. It was, this is this person. This is what they've done. You didn't get like a heel or face vibe out of anything until the match. Right. Which is where Brian Kendrick had the heel pieces because he was the veteran who was cutting the corners to win. You know? Or things like that. Let me say this. If heel babyface didn't matter, UFC wouldn't be trying to copy it. Oh, I mean, I agree. It clearly matters. People are just naturally assholes or cool. Like mm-hmm. you just have a natural reaction to people after they talk, right? Sure. Yeah. So who do you want to see go baby? <clears throat> who I who do I think they should turn baby on the e? They should they should keep Shinsuke Nakamura a face and get rid of that horrible song that they saddled him with the version of his song with lyrics. 
You know who I think mm. would make a good fa- should be turned face like this week? Who's that? Batista. <laughs> did you did you see his return this week? Uh, on, uh, no, not. There was. Do you need to Google it? Because it was one of the most awkward promos ever when him and Triple H couldn't stop talking over each other, unplanned, and he kept yelling. Batista, all he kept yelling through the whole promos, "Give me what I want! You know what I want! Give me what I want!" It was really bizarre. He wasn't. Yeah. You know what I want. He wasn't yelling, "Baller." No, and you saw. Like, I think somebody posted on. Facebook, I know you had... I did see it. My it was kid a mashup of it. that yes. and the Spice Girls. Tell, me, tell you what I want, what I really, really want. <laughs> yeah. You, anybody you want to see go face that... Um, offhand, I'd have to say... Uh, I'd like to see Dolph Ziggler go face. Like, full-on face. I okay. think you. I think, I think he deserves uh, another face run. <laughs> Yeah, I don't give a shit. Yeah, me I don't give a shit. About what? Anybody? Yeah. Anybody? I don't... Uh, there's Do some guys. call somebody for There's you? some guys I don't want to see face because I just don't like... Like, X-Pac mm. is a face. I hate him. I was dead. Um, Baron Corbin, don't care for him. I don't care to watch yeah. him. I don't care if you're a face or a heel. I'm really... Like, when you're on, I'm changing the channel or taking a shit. So... Getting a drink. And that wouldn't change if you were a face, so... I mean, it doesn't matter if they make them a face anyway. They're going to make them a heel again in a month. That's true. When they can't figure out what to do with them once somebody's a face. So. Mm-hmm. Right, do we have time for one more? We got time. All right, who's yeah. up? It's you, it's you. I just picked that. Oh, it's a Christmas miracle. The Four Horsemen. So... Is that all it says? Which one? That's all it says. Well, that's a good. That's Are a great. With the, that's a uh, great jump off point. So, the original Four Horsemen was Mr. Vanilla Ole Anderson. Vanilla, he kept it all together. He's got his eye on you, Dustin Rhodes. Arn Anderson, uh, Flair Tully. Did Rich. I tell you that? Did I tell you that Vic stole your bit that you stole from Ole Anderson just at this last RCCW oh, show? Well, good. <laughs> Somebody should got to use it. But my favorite faction of the Horsemen was when, um, you know, Luger ended up replacing Ole, but Barry Windham, when he replaced Luger, mm. I thought Barry Windham with Ar- with Iron Flair and Tully was my favorite. I didn't mind the reboot when they had Malenko and Benoit. You know, I didn't mind that. I didn't like Steve Mongo McMichael being a horseman. Champagne room. Yeah. <clears throat> Did you like Brian Pillman? Yeah. Yes. I think my internal debate will always be worst horseman ever. Is it Paul Roma or Steve McMichael? Well, here's a, it is Steve McMichael because at least Paul Roma can wrestle. Yeah. Here's a discussion that was just brought up in a sorry that was just brought up in a locker room that I was in. Is that somebody said Jeff Jarrett was officially a horseman? He was not. not. And I said he never was. No, Uh he never was. And neither was Kurt Hennig, right? Because he was—he only took. Well, he he was, but it was like for five days. Yeah, it was a ruse. It wasn't long. I mean, Sid Vicious had a longer. It was basically the (laughs) way of trying to. It was Bischoff's way of trying to bury the horseman. Yeah. I didn't mind Sid Vicious as a horseman. No. He was doing that whole thing with the stretcher. 
Yeah. Where the guy had to be taken on a stretcher and then he'd knock him off the stretcher. Yeah, I, I didn't like that there was a scissor fight between two horsemen members. You know what didn't make any, not that kind of scissor. Uh, you know what didn't make any sense though was in the middle of him being a horseman. I want to say it was Starcade '90. They just brought back Danny Spivey and paired them together, and they took on uh, Mr. Hughes and uh, uh, fuck, I can't think of his name. He was a great big stiff in leather. Uh, help me out here. Al Green? No. The soul singer out great. I'm gonna Google. So yeah. let me ask you this: before I talk about the horsemen. Do you remember when the horsemen were kind of loosely affiliated with Hiro Matsuda? Yes. That was not a good version of that. But it, you know, that's because of Jim Hurd. Because according to Jim Cornette, it was going to be Flair and Barry and the Midnight Express with Jim Cornette managing the horsemen. Now I'm not saying that it would have been good. But it had far more potential. Oh, it would have been good because the only the reason they did that was because JJ left to take a booking job or a producer's job with the WWF, and our Ar- and Tully were there as the brainbusters. Right. Mm-hmm. So they were going to replace. It. I I think it would have worked with the Midnight. <coughs> I mean, don't you? <sighs> Maybe. Motor City Madman. That was his name. Al Green. Al Green. I don't think it was. Sounds a lot like Al Green. Let's stay together. Can you? Can there ever be anything like a Four Horsemen again that isn't just everybody saying they're ripping off the Four Horsemen? Yeah, in non-imitation. Yeah, but the problem is people are jumpy, right? There's so much TV, hours and hours and hours. And people get impatient, and they don't let stuff build. So I don't think there'll ever be something that has the longevity of the horsemen. The closest thing we've had to that in the last five years is the Shield, and they've been adding it off again. For the record, the Motor City Man Man was a wrestler by the name of Mike Eugene Moore. Yeah, Al Green. Al Green. That's not even close. Well, that's Al Green's real name. Yeah. Oh, so we're, we're just going to keep piling up on me? I'm not right. piling up, man. Come on. I'm sure it says it on Google. <laughs> Tune in next week when I have Eddie Watson take my place. Oh, no. That's awful. Horsemen, fan, not a fan. I loved them. I uh, didn't like that they kind of rotated guys in and out. I did did like the original. I didn't mind Benoit. Uh, I was a big Brian Pillman fan. Well, the reason they rotated the first three, Ole was getting phased out. So you had to replace him. Luger was a hot star, but then they wanted, they desired to make Luger a babyface, so they had to have him leave the Horsemen, and then I, the twist was his best friend Barry Windham turns on him. Jordan's was because Dylan said, "I told you he wouldn't be there for yep. you, kid." Yeah, yeah. So, all right, I think I got the last one here. All right, it's gonna be a doozy. Oh boy, it's Adrian Lynch. Um. Anybody have any Adrian Lynch stories? Okay, so good and bad. I thought Adrian Lynch was a good worker. I think he was, sometimes, the stories I've heard, I've only shared a locker with him twice, but not necessarily a nice person, not a happy person. Felt like he probably should have achieved more than he did, and somehow he doesn't feel like that's necessarily his fault. You know, it's always someone else's fault. I thought he was good. I thought he was 
you know, his matches were entertaining, but I don't know that he projected out to be the next WWF superstar like he thinks he probably should have. Is that I mean that's fair, right? That is fair. I've only I only ever saw him come up to see shows when I was in Green Bay. I never actually was on a show with him. I never did, talked to him. Did you you didn't talk to him? No. He Morty doesn't a, like him. He had a Vikings jersey. Why doesn't Morty like him? Oh, because he did things like have himself announced from Mortyville, USA. Oh. Yes. And then Mike Thompson gets so mad and he's like, Oh, I want to lose weight and I want to be one pound lighter than him so I could call him Fat Phil again. Like, life goals, bro. Life goals. If that's... Spoiler alert, and I'm sorry for this, Mike, but you never did lose yeah, that weight. It didn't, yeah, it never happened. She's got a voice like an angel. Pretty eyes that shine. <laughs> <laughs> um, Adrian Lynch. No? Never even no. met him? <coughs> Can't say I have. Honestly. Is he even anywhere near the business anymore? I don't think he even comes to shows. A couple shows. years ago, he was posted on that uh, Rassle Chat yeah. 4000 and coming off like a real douchebag. Yeah, like he's just bitter and angry. and I don't know why. Like, again, he was good. He was memorable for being a really good independent wrestler. I don't know why he's angry. I don't know why he's bitter. Can you ever completely believe, um, like... People that can just leave the business and just just leave it, never want to have it be part of their stuff again. Well, stealth. <laughs> He's still picking fucking ringwood out of his chest. <laughs> um, yeah. To me, it's just such a random. Like I don't, I don't foresee a time in my life where I think I could stay completely away from wrestling. And not want to be involved in some fashion. I feel, it, you know who I used to like, by the way? Because I saw him at the last ACW big event. He was just hanging out backstage. He was also part of what we would call the Adrian Lynch crew. Eric Hammers. Okay. I, I liked him. Uh, straight, straight Edge, edge yeah. Eric Hammers, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, I think, Lane, to go at what you were saying, is maybe some guys feel like they have to stay away in order to not be tempted to try to get back in. Hmm. Yeah, like Sam yeah. Hain. Uh, no. Doesn't he come back every couple of years, though? He does. does. Put his mask on and he breathe does. fire? Yeah. Yeah. Who else has stayed away? Um, People, like, I mean, you're like Axel Futures, you're Billy. Uh, oh, yeah. Billy Joe, Billy Eaton. Joe Eaton just disappeared. Yeah. yeah. Like, a lot of those guys from that generation, you don't really see Tommy Courageous hanging around. He said Tommy Courageous, not Bunkhouse Bunk. Oh, that was Fly Me Courageous. Wait, enough Zenuff. It's been a while. Remember Chip Zenuff with the glasses? Was there anybody in any of your camps that you were in that was just there for camp and then all of a sudden they just disappeared and you never saw him or heard from him again? Oh, God, there's a lot of people, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's, that's I mean, where that happens. Jeez, there's... Did anybody leave camp, come back two weeks later, and say they were fully trained by the power plant? God, no. Did that ever happen? Okay. I remember uh, Frank bringing dysfunction up to the training center. Yeah. And Brian had this kid that wanted to train, too. And they were doing backdrops. I was given, they were taken. Yeah. And after about ten each... This kid's like, I'm going to go to the store and get some water. I'll be right back. 
never saw him again. So he he did the uh, Richie Cunningham's brother. Yes. He, he chucked. Little, he chucked Cunningham. He chucked. I still can't take a backdrop. Neither can Ric Flair. So you're. No, I mean, I just can't do it. I can't get the. Come over. I'll give you one right now. I, well, down here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seems like a real easy bump. It's just I don't know. Never could do it. Some of that stuff, some of those bumps that people have a hard time with, a lot of times it's just awkward in their head for them to take it. It's not mm-hmm. the physicality of it. It's the. You could tell me to take ten backdrops right now. I'd land nine on my neck and one on my head. Well, at least you're consistent. Yeah. If I make it to the ninth or tenth one. <laughs> All right. So we talked about the horsemen. We talked about wrestling history here in Milwaukee and some of the best shows we've been to. I don't, we try to talk about who we want to see turn face, but we really don't give a shit. Um, and uh, we talked about County Stadium. We did. But we, by and large, we had more wrestling in here than usual. Yeah, we did all right for ourselves. So, yeah. So that, that might be getting a little healthier. And we talked about Nick Phoenix. We did. Yeah. And, and Zach barely talked at all. And Nikki Brissett hey. was cooking. And you know what we didn't fun. talk about this week? What's that? WCW Thunder 2000. <laughs> <laughs> well, well we, by now we're talking about well, it. Well, we kind of did because I'm trying to find an episode. Yes. We're going to start that, by the way. We were thinking maybe it's a separate show. Maybe it's every other week where, we, you know, one week we have a guest, we pull the hat. One week we start watching episodes of 2000 WCW Thunders. I can live with that. What about, about what about Grease 3? Well, we can watch mm. Grease 3 or the live Grease have they put on it? NBC. I'm not going to watch that. No. You better shape up. <laughs> no. Because I need a man. Right? To watch Grease 3 with me. And my heart is set on you. Uh, I'm not who you gay for. <laughs> no, it's not. Because let me tell you what I'd do to you if I was gay for you. All right? <laughs> not a damn thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's a good place to leave this. A little, uh... We're quickly approaching 50. We're gonna, are we going to do something cool for our 50? Yeah, we're going to call it Sally O'Malley. Okay. Because we're 50. Can we, uh, any special guests we'd like to bring it back? Molly Shannon. That'd be alright. Can we, some, can we book Chris Kattan somehow? No. Can I crash it now? Can you crash it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can show up. Yeah, you could. And, and Chris Kattan if he plays Mr. Peepers. You Definitely can, not. You can live here. We'll talk to Katie upstairs. We'll just all get right. you a room. Yeah, and it just, all you gotta do is like her pics and you gotta have a place to stay for right. So... All right, so are we still shitting on the office? No, actually, in fairness, they've been putting stuff up. That was a vocal crop, my god. Yeah, they've been putting stuff up. They're they're back. We're back. They're they're back liking and supporting us. Groin, 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 groin. Apparently, that must mean that the video game show is not going very well. But anyway, uh, Jack Spade, for our guest, uh, the Pitbull Zach McGuire, will be seeing you in a couple weeks all across this great state. I'm Hotshot Scott Williams. Hasa. Open that fist.